Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. guys this is your rich uncle here today we're going to be breaking down the cnbc article talking about millennials having regrets and i'm going to tell you ultimately why i don't think people should be buying their house until their net worth is two times that of the price of their home so yeah let me just go down this article and kind of summarize it for you guys because life is short after all so they're saying that uh, millennials are having regrets after buying their current home. The reason why they're having regrets is because it, you shouldn't buy houses. You shouldn't buy a house to live in if you're responsible with your money and you're able to invest it in other things that make you a lot more money. This goes completely against what most people think out in the world, but hey, go figure. As in many things, the things that they tell you may not necessarily be correct. I don't live in a place that I currently own. Because I've been growing my money tenfold with my investing in single family home rentals and now apartments today. One of the biggest things that people cited was that these folks are underestimating their costs. One of the biggest mistakes you can do is buy a fixer upper. You hear about it all the time. My goodness, stop buying a fixer upper because here's the problem, folks. Yeah, you're getting maybe a, a little bit less expensive than you would have otherwise if it was all shiny and new and fixed up ready to go but the thing is say you have to repaint things or maybe put ten twenty thousand dollars of repairs in the property that you think you're going to do yourself the issue with this is that you can't finance the repair amount the biggest thing that we talk about as sophisticated investors is putting the least amount of down to get the most amount of returns for our money so if you bought a five hundred thousand dollar house you put 20% down payment down. So let's just say $100,000. But then now you, you, you've got this fixer up, so you got to put 20 grand into it. Now you're in the deal for 120 when you really should have been in it for 100. And people who don't understand money, don't understand responsible prudent use of debt, don't understand what we're talking about here. They don't understand it. It drives me crazy. People think that they're getting it for less. They're really not because this is not how money works. This is not how your rich uncle does it. This is not how the wealthy do it, guys. You guys need to stop listening to mom and dad who've been doing it the wrong way or all your other coworkers, your friends who are thinking, don't go into debt. As I always say before, you got to differentiate bad debt and good debt. So this is what kind of stems from underestimating the repairs. And this is what drives me crazy about mainstream articles. They always come up with this, like, all right, what should you do? And these are just lame ways, like building up your savings. And come on, give me a break. Make sure you're thorough. Yeah, of course. But don't buy fixer-uppers, guys. Buy it all ready to go or negotiate it into your contract, as I've done in the past, so that the repairs get done prior to closing, so that your lender is okay with it in the process. And you can wrap up all those repairs that you would have had to put in otherwise. Again, let's just say you had to pay $20,000, right? Cool. You just increase the price of the property, make it a $520,000 house instead. But now you, you put, you finance that 520 and now you're out of pocket, maybe 20% of that 20 grand, right? So $4,000 out of pocket. So, and then, so this is the, this is good use of money and debt. So they also broke down, I'm going to show you this graphic that team made for us. 
So in this graphic, it shows like the difference between homeowners in general, which are like the general population, and the green ones are the greenies, the younger folks, on where they were at with these different types of um, aspects of the home buying process. The people had no regrets, typically the older people, right? Because they were buying houses where the millennials are just buying houses just to keep up with the Joneses. To me, it makes no financial sense to own a house that you live in. Go and invest the money. Heck, put it into your student loans at six, seven, eight percent that you're paying there. That's still going to be better than putting it into your house. I still don't even think you should be doing that. Every other population, you can see maintenance was a big thing that we just cited there. People bought a too small of a house. See, I think this is this is just a bad data, right? You should for every 10% or so people who had that regret, you would think that the 90% of the other ones thought they bought too big of a house. In my opinion, depending how the survey was designed, it should be 50-50. These are some other things that people thought of as their kind of regret for buying that big payment. I don't really want to get into it today, guys, but go to my website, simplepassivecashflow.com slash home and read my entire guide to reasons why you should and probably shouldn't buy a house to live in. Buying a house to live in is one of the biggest financial mistakes I see young people making these days. You put down, have to put down a large sum of money that you would have otherwise possibly bought two, three, four, five rental properties where families are paying down your mortgage for you. That's the difference. When you own your own house, you're working your butt to pay down the mortgage yourself. And compound up the fact that you're going to have a much larger mortgage payment. Now, this cripples your cash flow. Instead of maybe being able to save $5,000, $10,000 a year, now you've shrunk that down to almost nothing with this large house payment. Don't believe the nonsense that other people are saying that rent is throwing money down the tube. Sure it is. But if you have all this money that you would have sunk in there anyway, making a whole boatload of money for you, at the end of the day, it's the combined sum of the two. I might be throwing $1,000 down the tube with paying rent, but I'd be making two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month with my rental properties that the down payment I wouldn't have had otherwise if I would have sunk it into the down payment of the property. And I would also be making a lot more money to be able to accelerate buying more and more rental properties. So there it is in a nutshell, guys. Again, don't buy a primary residence until your net worth is at least one to two times more than that price of the property you're looking to get into, right? It is a financial drag on your finances. Don't do it yet. If you guys agree with this, don't agree. Let's have a conversation down below in the comments. I'll try and answer them all. A lot of this is, a lot of people get very passionate about this. People, people are like, but where would I live, right? Where would my family live? Go and rent something. Go find an unsophisticated landlord that thinks owning a property that where the rent to value ratios, where you take the monthly rent divided by the purchase price is not greater than 1%. Actually think that's a rental property. In hint, it's not. It's a bad rental property and they are an unsophisticated investor. So therefore you as a tenant need to take advantage of what they do not know. So therefore you need to rent from them. All right, guys. Keep learning the good stuff from your rich uncle here, and hopefully we will get you guys the financial freedom soon. Take it easy. Bye. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club.
And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.